Will you turn with me, please? I'm going to bring the word of God just at this point before we do the, the baptisms. And if you will turn with me, please, to the second book of Kings. Second Kings chapter 5. And just a few thoughts here and there on the chapter. Second Kings, please, chapter 5. Beginning to read, and we'll stop and start through this just for uh, the first lot of verses, and I'll just comment on them. Verse 1. Now, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. This man, Naaman, his name means pleasantness. Pleasantness, but he was a leper, which was far from his namesake. And in Scripture, we find that leprosy represents, symbolizes sin. Sin. And this man, Naaman, was a captain in the Syrian army, and he was a great man. In fact, in our, our opening uh, verse here, positionally he was successful. It says he was a great man with his master and honorable. So he was well looked up to, and it shows us tonight that the, the washing and the cleansing from a person or from their sin, representing here as the, the, the leprosy, the washing and the cleansing of a person from their sin. It doesn't matter whether you're in high society, whether you're rich and you're popular, or no matter who you are, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And this man, Naaman, he was positionally successful. And people may say, I don't need God. I don't need to be saved because I'm not bad or I belong to such and such a denomination and so forth. And, and people look at these things and say, well, I'm all right the way I am. And yet the scripture says that there is none righteous. No, not one. None righteous. The Bible tells us that. No, not one. Christ alone was righteous and there's no man or woman righteous, including this man. All men and women are under sin and the curse of God's law. So this man was positionally successful. And then it says, because by him the Lord had given deliverance to Syria, he was also a mighty man in valor. And notice here, he was personally successful. His character, it means he was strong. He was a warrior. He was brave. He was mighty in valor. So they all looked up to him, not only as a great person, they looked up to him as a, a warrior, a man who could protect and a man who could fight, a man who could, who, could, who, could, who could go out against the enemies of Israel. And here we see he is personally in his character. He is successful. And then it says, he was a mighty man in valor, but... He was a leper. Think about this. 
this man in this position, with this character, with all this praise, and right beside the king of Syria, he's one of his greatest men. But he was a leper. And you might be the best person that someone knows. You might be doing well in society and well in uh, the, the worldly's things. And you may be doing well in, in your families. Maybe your family thinks there's none like you. Families do that, don't they? When we come around a graveside, even of one who lives like a devil and in sin all their lives, well, you know, they're in heaven now. I know we were singing when we all get to heaven, and I hope that's true. But we can only get to heaven when we're saved by grace. We can only be in heaven when we're trusting in Christ alone. When we have surrendered our lives, no matter what side of society you come from, no matter what background you have, it's only in Christ that your leprosy of sin can be forgiven and washed away. And it's only in Christ you can be saved. Notice here, this man, he was positionally successful. He was personally successful, but particularly he was a leper. He was a sinner. All of us have uh, this sense of leprosy of sin. Cannot be washed away. Cannot be worked away. Cannot be churchified away. It cannot be taken away. By man, by family, by loved ones. No matter what we think we have, nor who we are, nor what others say we are, in the whole of society, the king of Syria could not even help this man, Naaman. Pleasantness. They all thought of him living up to his name, pleasantness. But under his garb, under his cloak, under his hood, all of him was full of leprosy. All of him was full to the core of leprosy. And the Bible tells us that leprosy is like sin and sin is like leprosy. This man was rotting. This man to the core was rotten. And he was depraved in his nature in the sense he could never wash himself nor cleanse himself nor purge himself nor help himself from this terrible disease and it's like you and I none of us can go to church enough if you can go to church enough and be saved and forgiven and cleansed of your sin then you just needed to go to church more and Christ need not have died if you could work harder to be in heaven then you needed just to work harder and harder and to be in heaven and Christ need not have come and died for you if you could pay alms or deeds or do good works or even bless graves and do whatever else, then that's all you needed to do and multiply your efforts. Multiply your works and multiply your church going and, and work hard at it and try. But friend, I can tell you tonight, there's none of it can take away the leprosy of sin. And if we could do that, then Christ need not have come and bled and died in Calvary. If we could do that, then Christ need not have shed his precious blood. But you see, salvation and cleansing is in Christ and plus nothing. In Christ and none other. And this man had it all, says, but under his garb, under his cloak, under his clothes, under the outward facade, under the good-looking works of it, 
under his hood and his mask for his leprosy with his nose probably half eaten off and his digits all missing. And underneath it all, it says, but he was a leper. Oh, may God give us vision tonight. May God give the man and woman who think they're fine the way they are and can do whatever they think they may do and still be in God's heaven. May God give you vision tonight by the power of his spirit through the word of God to see yourself that underneath it all, in your soul and in your spirit, you're a sinner. There's a leprosy that's killing you for the wages of sin is death. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, thank God for his gifts, but the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life. Oh, what about the balance in this? Your works in Christ's death does not equate. Your death and then eternal life will not equate except eternity. Where will you spend eternity? Where will you spend eternity, friend? Sir, lady, where would you spend eternity? If you're trusting in a denomination for your salvation, you're lost. If you're trusting in a pastor or a priest or a minister or a pope or a king or in anything else or in anyone else, if you're trusting in anybody or anything else but Christ and Christ alone, then you are still lost and still in your sin. Where will you spend eternity? This man was all of this. I don't need Christ, people say. I'm highfalutin in life. I'm successful. I need none. Like this man, Naaman, he could, as it were, ride his horse probably with all the cheers of the people, feeling so proud of all of his achievements in life and really underneath it all, in his own spirit, he knows he's not right. I'm a leper. Friend, I don't mean to offend you tonight, but we're all, we've all been lepers with the sinful nature and only the blood of Jesus can cleanse you from your leprosy. Only the blood of Jesus can make you whiter than the snow. Only the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and nothing else can cleanse you from all your sin and forgive you. That you might be able to sing when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. It says on in this chapter. And the Syrians had gone out by companies. And had brought away captive out of the land of Israel. A little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. See the, see the little maid here. Now the northern. You had the southern kingdom of, of Israel. The Judah you called it. And you had the northern kingdom of Israel on the north here uh, uh, of Israel called the house of Israel and their capital city was Samaria and so they came from the north of Syria in the northern kingdom of Israel and they took them away captives this was a little captive girl a little Israelite a little believer and she says there's a prophet in Israel there's a prophet in Israel you see God has his people everywhere friend God has his people everywhere 
You might be in work and there's a Christian in work and he or she has been witnessing to you and telling you of the glories of Christ and maybe testifying of how Christ saved them and how Christ rescued them, how Christ delivered them and how Christ has brought them and kept them all this time. How he's forgiven them and washed them all from their sin. How Christ shed his blood for them. And maybe they're telling you, maybe in work or maybe in your home or maybe in your family, maybe little child, the word little maid, by the way, the word little gives the idea of someone small to even insignificant. A little insignificant maid, a little captive girl, a slave girl in a foreign land said, there is a prophet in Israel. Do you know what we need tonight? We need more prophets of the word of God. We need more prophets. We need more preachers of the blood in the book. We need prophets who open this word and preach it without fear and favor of what men may say or what men may do. And this little girl, when she says there's a prophet in Israel, notice, says in verse 3, and she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were there a prophet? That is in Samaria. That's the capital of Israel. For he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus saith a maid that is in the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to. Go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and, uh, and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. You know what he's saying? I think that much of you, Naaman. Because of who you are, this prestige person. He says, I'm given all this that the king of Israel will help you. Now the problem was, in the northern kingdom of Israel, they had turned away from Yahweh, the one true living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had turned away from God, much like our own land tonight. And every king that sat on Samaria's throne was wicked and did evil in the sight of the Lord. Every one of them. Now, the king that was on at this time was called Jehoram. He was the son of Ahab. And if you remember Ahab, and you hear, ever hear the word Jezebel? Well, that was his, Ahab's wife. But Ahab's son was Jehoram. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. So to come and say, you, uh, there's a prophet in Israel, he'd want to know who he is because he hates him. Brothers and sisters, people may turn on us and people may degrade us and people may hate us for preaching the word of God and for saying we love the Lord Jesus Christ, for saying salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone, that we will give glory to God alone. And people may detest you for it, but I can tell you this, let them detest because one day they'll come running and saying, tell us of the Lord your God because I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Our nation is in trouble. Our land is in trouble. And we need prophets in Israel. Notice this. Verse 5, there's 10 talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold and 10 changes of raiment. And here's what the thing is. He was trying to buy the cleansing of the leper. You know something, friend? You can't pay your way either. You can't buy your salvation. It doesn't matter if you pay in the, any church, this church, you want to pay money. doesn't matter if you came and you gave me 10 million. If you did, I'd, I'd build a building. But uh, 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 if you give me 10 hours, <laughs> I'd build a building. 
Doesn't matter if you give me 10 million and you said, would that be suffice for my soul? I can tell you, friend, I'd have to look you square in the eye, even if it meant you were going to take it back off me again. And I'd have to tell you, no, it's not suffice. For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul, said the Lord Jesus Christ. What can you give in exchange for your soul, he says. What are you going to offer God on that day? You want to say to God, well, I was at a baptismal service and on CET. I watched someone go through the waters and even sang when we all get to heaven. Is that what you're going to say? I paid alms and done charity works and I was at my church or I was at my chapel all the time. Is that what you're going to say? I talked to the pastor or I talked to the minister or I talked to the priest and they prayed with me a few times and I said I sort of believe in all of that. Is that what you're going to offer? Because it says, what shall a profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And that's the words of the Lord Jesus, the Savior himself. Take note of this. In verse 6 that he brought the letter to the king of Israel saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive? You know, even the king of Israel, he rents his clothes, he rips his clothes. He says, Does he think I'm God? Some people think that the pastor's God, you know. Some people come and they, they come to a priest and they think they're God. They think the Pope's God. They think a king is God. There's one God and there's one Savior and his name one. There's one and he's Christ alone. I would rip my shirt. Well, I wouldn't rip my shirt. <laughs> if I had a t-shirt under the night. Am I God? No, I'm not God. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. And this king says, am I God? It's just a setup. Syria's going to attack us again if I don't see this man healed. Friend, he was in desperation. And this man, Jehoram, who was the king in Israel, he had a crisis. But guess what? The prophet of Israel has a Christ. We have an answer for the sin. And friend, if you're here tonight and you're saying, I've never heard of this before. I I thought it was all right the way I am, but I realize I'm a sinner and I'll go to hell. I'll end up in a lake of fire if I'm not right, if I'm not saved, if I don't make my calling and election sure, as Peter says. Then what will I do tonight? What must I do to be saved? Then we can say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Not you might be, or you'll find out when you get there. There's assurance of eternal life here tonight. There's assurance of eternal life right here this evening. If you will come to saving faith and trusting in the Savior. We're here to help you tonight. And I'm going to round this up in a few moments. Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does send unto me to recover a man of leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. This king is looking for a fight. Notice, and it was so when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. I don't know how many times I've read this over. 
And I felt just in that bringing notes tonight, I'm just going to go as the Lord had led me on it, but I read it over. I thought that he would know there's a prophet in Israel. Do you know what's wrong with most of uh, these islands? What's wrong with Northern Ireland especially? We don't know that there's a prophet anymore. Preachers of the word. Many have capitulated. Many have crawled under the spiritual duvet. Pulled it all over their heads to pretend that we can tell a nice fairy tale story and a there, 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 you'll be okay. And while they're doing that, listen, I may not be a politically correct preacher, and I'm not a politically correct preacher, by the way, I'm a biblically correct preacher, but I may not be a politically correct preacher, but I would rather, I would rather, I would rather offend you into heaven than nurse you to go to hell. If I'm offending you tonight, I'm not offending you. It's the word of God as an offense. But it is meat and manna to the mouth that will eat. Notice here. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariot and he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha means God is salvation. He comes to the place where there's salvation. You have come to the place tonight. I'm not talking about in this place. You can't be safe for coming to this place. But you've come to a place tonight to hear about Christ and his saving grace. You've come to a place tonight where God is salvation being presented to you. And he came to Elisha's door tonight. You've come here and the Lord has brought you to hear this message. It says, And Elisha, a messenger sent unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again unto thee, and thou shalt be clean. Notice it wasn't in the washing of going into the water that made him clean. It was the obedience to the word of God. And it's not anything else that makes you clean. There's no practice, no ritual. Do you hear me, friends? There's no ritual. It doesn't matter what church or chapel or whatever you go to or don't go to. There's nothing in any ritual can save you or make you clean. But it's the obedience to the word of God. You obey the word tonight. And notice this. And Naaman was wroth. He was angry. And he went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord as God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Naaman thought he was going to do it Naaman's way. Naaman thought that the prophet was going to come out and he was going to be changed and washed and saved his way. And that's the problem. People think, well, I think God will do it this way. I think God will answer that way. If there's a God, I think he's like this. And all the time people are forming an idol in their minds. It's called idolatry. But we can't go our own way. We must come God's way. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And here he thinks he'll do as he has bid. And the man says, go and wash in Jordan seven times. And he says in verse 12, are not Abana and far power rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel. May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. He says, I'm not going to do that. 
See that preacher in there? He's off his head. That man's lost it. He's off his rocker, that guy in there. He's telling me that I must get right with God, that I must be saved. And if I'm going to be in heaven, I'm going to have to trust solely, only, uniquely, totally and completely on Christ and Christ alone. Yes, I am, because the Bible says it. And you can go away and rage at me. And listen, that's okay. Many have. Many, many have. But I'm not here. I'm not here to lull you into a false sense of security, but I'm here to tell you that the Lord loves you and he gave his son for you. And this man says, I'm away in a rage. But listen, here's the thing. Proud men are their own worst enemy. Proud men, proud women are their own worst enemy. And he was his own worst enemy until his wee servants came. And I'm going to close with this. Listen, none of his servants came near and spake unto him, my father, if the prophet had bid thee to do something great, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he hath, when he hath to thee wash and when he when he saith to thee wash and be clean, he says, see if that prophet had a said, go conquer an enemy army, you'd have went and done it to get rid of this. If that prophet had a said, I want you to go and conquer all of the Middle East, you'd have went to try it just to get rid of your leprosy. If that prophet had a said to you, I want you to seal the Mediterranean out into the big wide yonder through the pillars of Hercules or the Straits of Gibraltar just to get rid of this, you would have done it. You see, men want to do, 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 but Christ says it's done. It's all in him. We always think we have to do. Friend, you don't. All you have to do is come. All you have to do is trust. It's all done. Jesus paid it all. Jesus said it is finished. And guess what? He meant it. Someone tonight and you'll say, I want to trust. Don't let your pride stand in your way. Surely if I had said to you, you know, if you want to be saved, you're going to have to do a marathon every day for the next year and a half. Surely you'd have been out training by now. You've been out trying to run it to make it look good. You've had all the prestige, you know, but inside, you know, you've been running the marathon, you know, you'd be doing all the stuff, you'd be 26 miles a day or whatever it is now, and I'm tired of up and down that part, never meant a marathon, but you'd have done it, wouldn't you? You'd have done it to get rid of your leprosy. See, you're heading to the place of corruption and death where there's no hope. There's no hope. And this man had no hope. Corruption and death had set in. And if the Holy says, go conquer an enemy, he would have went and fought the armies. He had kept on fighting until the leprosy was free from him and he from it. But he couldn't, you see, because it wouldn't work. He said, go and obey the word of God. It's not hard. Just go down to the river and do as you're told and you'll be saved. You'll be cleansed. Listen, here's what I'm telling you tonight. See if you come to Calvary. See if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. And claim him only as your saviour. And plead the blood that he shed. It's as simple as this. It's so simple but it was yet so difficult. Because we can never save ourselves. You could run and run and run. And do and do and do. And yet you'd still be full of the leprosy of sin. But if you come. You can come plunge under the fountain of blood. You can come and be saved. And washed and forgiven. And you can be singing, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And you're saved, loved ones. And you will be together for all eternity as we worship and serve the Lamb. Oh, I'm telling you, friend, I better stop because time's flying. And you know, when I get down to, to, to trying to reach the souls of men and women, you don't know it, your soul's in danger. 
The leprosy could take you to that place of death at any time. It wears at you. It takes at you. Do you know actually people with leprosy, their knuckles start to rot and some of their digits fall off and they don't even feel it anymore. And that's like sin. You don't even realize you're doing it anymore. And what happens is one knuckle goes in another, then a hand. Maybe their eyeball falls out. And sometimes the rats even gnaw at them when they're sleeping and they didn't even know it. They didn't even feel it. And that's what sin does. Sin is a brat that nobody wants to own. That's what Charles Haddon Spurgeon said. Sin is a brat that nobody wants to own. Hey, and you wouldn't want to own leprosy. But yet in the scriptures, leprosy is a sin. Plunge in the Jordan. The Jordan's about 200 miles long. Nowhere it finishes. The Dead Sea. Yet Christ went right into Jordan to be baptized. And yet Christ went and crossed Jordan at death at Calvary. And we're here tonight. We're going to baptize people who have already got saved. They've gone on with God. They're trusting in the Savior. They're already saved. This won't wash your sins away. It's the blood that washes the sins away. They're doing this because it's... They're following the example of the master. They're doing this because they're following the command of the Lord Jesus to the disciples. They're doing this because they're following after the teaching of the apostles and the revelation of the Spirit to them. This is why they're doing this, because this is biblical. Repent ye. Acts 2.38. Repent ye and be baptized, every one of you, said Peter. Notice, repent first. And all of these are saved And when these people are getting baptized, I want to let you know, they're not getting baptized into this church. That wouldn't do you any good. They're not getting baptized into Christ Encounters Tabernacle. They're not getting baptized into a denomination. That would mean nothing. Does nothing. May as well have brought your bar of soap and had a bath. Mean nothing to you. Not being baptized into a name of a pastor or anybody else or some sort of leader. They're being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Christians. Blood-washed, born-again believers. So, in saying that, when I call your name, will you stand up where you are? And keep standing, please, when I call your name up, the candidates going through the waters tonight. You know, it's difficult because I feel feel the draw I feel that the Lord is speaking to souls that are not saved and not right with him maybe backslidden maybe away maybe cold maybe indifferent maybe you've heard the gospel and you're fighting with it you're arguing with the Lord over it you're wrestling with it but rather he's wrestling with you oh see us tonight will you will you see us tonight your soul means more than anything it's too precious candidates will you stand when I call your name